Okay, this uh, episode is an episode about the New York Knicks offseason. It'll be the last episode about the Knicks until they come back uh, later this year. Um, maybe you'll have an episode on the draft during the summer, but uh, this is the uh, this episode will be dedicated in just Rob's point of view of exactly what the Knicks need to do here, um, where the improvements lie. They improved this year, but the direction of the team from this point on needs to be better than what the direction was in the playoffs. I mean, uh, you know, Thibodeau forcing the ball to Randall when he was cold, uh, not playing Obi Toppin um, at small forward, or not giving Randall enough of a break. I mean, really, like, you have Obi Toppin. You, your team drafted him. Your management team drafted him as a lottery pick, and he has shown that he is a legitimate lottery pick in the super sub that he is. And you have disregarded that and not played him like you should have in the playoffs. He played better in this playoff against the Hawks than Julius Randle did for the time that he played. Okay. And in all fairness, if you had played him more, um, that one game that Julius Randle had scored 23 points, you would find that Obi Toppin would have kept up with that. I mean, he was awesome. And he was the light of the series, the only light of the series, and and that's from game two. And he was he had an, a little bit of an impact on, on game three and game four. But they didn't win those games. But then again, of course, they didn't play him a lot. And even though, even though Emmanuel quickly did not score a whole lot of points while he was out there, and he missed some threes. His energy is better than the old guys that you put out there that are free agents. Don't get it twisted. Alex Burks is very skilled. But Alex Burks doesn't run the floor. Alex Burks trots the floor. Alex Burks finds the open man. That's that's good. Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is a former MVP of the league. Derrick Rose has all the gifts and talents of the great ball player that he once was. But he can only last so long. You stretch him too thin, you use him too many minutes. He's only human, and he's 32, and he'll be 33 next season. Yes, you should start him. I mean, you should sign him, but no, he shouldn't be a starter. And he should be used as a role player, you know, and a sixth man. And at that, you know, he's... He's second team. You don't you don't look this if you have to start Derrick Rose, that means you didn't draft right. Okay? It's not that complicated. Okay? You need to draft better. Okay? Emmanuel quickly was drafted for point guard. That was a mistake. However, he can help out with RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett can help out at small forward. When to give more minutes to quickly to get him heated up in the game to make points. You should move R.J. Barrett, because he's fresh as a daisy, and he's a young man, to small forward. And in what I'm saying, that means that means Obi Toppin will be the starter, and R.J. Barrett will be the sixth man. That makes sense. That will get more ball movement, because there'll be more leg movement. 
There's all this talk about ball movement without a lack of, with a lack of leg movement. You have to have leg movement. Okay, the guy's got to be open for the person looking to pass them to. I mean, like if you got a guy looking to pass people and they're not open, what does he do? Okay, there's a little balance here. I mean, uh, yes, there should be ball movement, a lot more ball movement. But the two go hand in hand. It's like uh, the problem where, okay, this team rebounds good most of the time. They rebound, they trot. Where's the fast break? You get a rebound and you give it to the, the point guard or, or somebody that, find, that can find the open man darting down the court and he beating everybody. Those are points. And that puts the defense on the heels and creates a foul in a lot of cases. This is something that, I mean, this is, you know, transition basketball 101. Is there any reason why we don't hear the announcers of the Knicks talking about this, I'll tell you why. Because the announcers of the Knicks desperately want to keep their jobs, so they go with whatever's there to the positive and exaggerated. And what's not there, they do they do not go down that road. They do not critique the teenager ever. They do not question anything because they know that James Dolan will pull the mic from them and they'll be fired. Let's face it. Um when it comes down to is James Dolan, let me speak about James Dolan for a second. James Dolan's rise to power in Cablevision has to do with his top-down approach to big finance. Um, he made a right decision about um, out-of-court control spending for um, advanced technology. But does he really is? Does that mean that he's right every single time because he, because he cut costs? That's the Republican theory. Republicans don't get it. Republicans are right out of ten times, maybe two times. Right? When it comes to innovation and common sense, Republicans fail because they know how to be a tightwad, but they don't know. Anything about technology? Oftentimes, oftentimes, a guy like you know James Dolan. The reason he is a Republican and he's a top-down is because he doesn't he doesn't know the inner workings of the thing. He doesn't. He's in the office. He doesn't work out. You ever see James Dolan's body? Can he play basketball? No. Could he do do Brazilian Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like I can do? No. Can he do anything? No. He's a couch potato. What he can do is, because he's an important person, born to an important person, uh, and we're, tried to, we, we're, we're, told, we're led to believe that uh, his dad came to the top of cable vision by some other means than he did, which is, um, you know, the cheesy way that people work their way up in cable vision in places like that in those offices. They probably get a, they get a degree in marketing and business management, and then they... You know, fire. They get people fired that are better than them by by um, some kind of means. Maybe uh, you know, some kind of maybe uh, maybe a sexual harassment charge from a female that they pay off a female employee or, or something of this nature. It's a very sleazy business. The people in the office. The people in the office are usually the most undeserving people in the company. And I think it's about time somebody marched to that beat. Because they're way over, they're getting way too much credit thanks to the Reagan 
era. Um, they make incredibly bad decisions for for um, society itself because they don't have a finger on the pulse. Because after all, they don't have to do what everybody else has to do to succeed. All they have to do is be the spineless uh, tightwads that they are, and they'll maintain their position if not get a raise. See, this what the day that. The top down management gets a flashlight on it to the point where we, we start saying, you know, we need we need to stop raising these people to the top until they show that there's some knowledge about what in the world um, they're talking about. And if they're incorrect, they're held accountable. When we start doing that, we're going to start seeing the shorthandies of the world disappear because they don't have knowledge. They really don't. They're a smoke and mirror show. And that's what's going on here, folks. And you heard it from Rob's point of view. Top-down people are the reason why the society was great. People like this are the reason why the society is going down the tubes. They've always existed, but now they've gotten in the way of progress. So it has to be brought up. Yes, I use the word progress. Do you know that in the Republican Party, that the word progress leads to the word progressive? And that's a bad word? Really? Okay, now before we start going about patriotism, the people that are turn around the Republican Party will go, Oh, well, that's a Jewish guy. Let me explain something to you, all right? There's things on the right I agree with. Like, number one... I, I support the Constitution. I support the Second Amendment. I also support the First Amendment. I support all the amendments. And looking at it from, I look at it from a uh, logical and congruent perspective that each amendment has a, a case history behind it. Okay? And that I don't know everything... And certainly the loudmouth who pundit knows less because he's lying because he doesn't know he's just running his mouth and he doesn't care to know. He only he's only saying, well, if I'm trying to get this passed, I'll say this. How many years did did people celebrate Rush Limbaugh? I'm still trying to figure out what was Rush Limbaugh's um, contribution to our society. He highlighted some facts that the liberals don't want to talk about. And it was nice to have an opposite voice. But be honest with you, the majority of time, he was just doing what they do on the right, which is exaggerate a lie until people stop believing it. Very Nazi tactic. Not very, very Nazi tactic. Very fascist tactic. Now, I'm not saying being on the right means you're a fascist, but... And the people on the left use fascist tactics at times. It's not that there's a trademark for either side. What I'm saying is we have to come to terms with that freedom isn't owned by the Republican Party. And their main goal is to make sure the Koch brothers get a tax break. Roger Edelson out there in Phoenix gets a tax break 
Donald Trump gets a tax break. These are billionaires. Why do they need tax breaks? They'll spend more money in the con. Cut it out. Another thing too, Rand Paul. When, when, when are we going to go ahead and have a day where Rand Paul, every time he opens his mouth, the media really comes at him with aggression? I mean, the media seems to be today is very misinformed, and they come at him, and sometimes they're right. I'm not. I'm not saying that I always support the left because I don't. But they let this guy get away with a lot of bullshit. An exaggeration. He's made up more stories, and I got to be told you, I'm one of these people. That when I heard the story about his neighbor jumping on him, beating him up while he was mowing his lawn, I laughed. Was there ever more de- more deserving person than to get raged on than Rand Paul Jr. Rand Paul. I mean, Rand Paul. Don't get it twisted. I'll talk about Ron Paul instead. Ron Paul used a tactic. I learned some things from listening to Ron Paul. Do I agree with Ron Paul on everything? Hell no. Have I learned some things from Ron Paul by his style? Yes. Ron Paul used that style and boldly insults other styles without, by simply being exaggerant with his lies. Ron Paul will do that too. At, would do that too at, at times, but a lot of times Ron Paul presented truth, at least some truth, before he uh, went down the con on this road. I can't say the same for Rand. Rand just goes right to treating us like we're all idiots. I mean, is that how you talk to the masses? If you want something from somebody, shouldn't you talk to them the way that you want us to be spoken to? I mean, my friend, a good friend of mine, and, and former sister-in-law, uh, just said the other day when I was talking to her, she quoted W.C. Fields when he said, "A sucker born every day." This is true. Does that mean that because there's a sucker born every day, you have to have the approach? Well, let's let's see if we could take him. I mean, while there are suckers that are listening to Rand Paul, there are also people that are not suckers that are just listening to find out what he's saying. And he smacks people in the face with these complete lies, and we have to hear it. And then we have to listen to the media come at him based on a pundit liberal view, not on his comment. And now we have two extremists arguing, staying extreme from their points. How about representing where sane people are located that are actually looking at the situation, not uh, basing it on ideology? This would be an improvement. Okay. Well, I went into politics, didn't I? The Knicks are lost. Wow. Well, I said what I had to say about the Knicks. I'm going to go ahead and do the rest of this podcast about... um, some politics, and also I'll finish it off with the Knicks. Get away from James Dolan. Um, what I would like to see with the Knicks is that they use the draft better this year. And with the free agents, re-sign Derrick Rose. Uh, I can't see why you're not re-signing Nolan's Noel. Um, because if you don't sign him, 
You're going to have to draft somebody. That's a wasted draft pick. You need other things. For the state, other young, talented players at other positions than center. Um, Taj Gibson is old. Uh, and as far as people like, I give an example. Like, why in the world would you re-sign? This is why I want to be topping a start small forward. There are a couple, at least a couple of players here that just there's no reason to be spending, spending a lot of money on them. Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is overrated. The idea that he's a good defender is comical. He's old. Reggie Bullock doesn't run the floor. Reggie Bullock has some nifty moves at half court. Reggie Bullock hits threes. Reggie Bullock once in a blue moon steals the ball. But Reggie Bullock is not a strong defender. Okay? Reggie Bullock is old. And Reggie Bullock is a bit player. We need more starters. I told you that R.J. Barrett could easily be second team um, behind Obi Toppin. So we don't need... We don't need... Uh, a Reggie Bullock taking up minutes from better players. Okay? It's just that simple. Okay? We don't. And him to, for him to be uh, third team, that, okay, let's put it to you this way. If I had to choose between Reggie Bullock, which is one of the choices when you get down to team three, and Kevin Knox, I'm picking Reggie Bullock. That doesn't say anything. Kevin Knox shouldn't be in this league, let alone on our roster. Kevin Knox should be traded. Kevin Knox has a lack of work ethic. This is why he sucks so bad. Straight up. Little shock jock here. Kevin Knox should not be on this team. Kevin Knox should be gone. That's a waste of money. Reggie Bullock should be gone. Open up space for a better player. More needed. Um, the Knicks need a point guard. Our starting point guard. Ephraim Payton. Remember the talk about cultural problems? You know, the culture of basketball team is one of the biggest problems. That guys don't work hard enough and whatnot. Well, Kevin Knox doesn't work hard. He was part of that little crew. Another one was Dennis Smith Jr. He's gone now, thank God. Took them two years. I don't know why he wasn't gone in the offseason of 2019. Okay. Because he showed it, he showed that he was not going to do anything special, right? And so he, he, Dennis Smith Jr. is gone. Kevin Knox needs to be gone. Now we get to Ephraim Payton. Ephraim Payton was part of the 2020 um, new group. Ephraim Payton showed some promise. But he was, must have been good buddies with Dennis Smith Jr. as soon as he joined the team because we didn't get to see him play much after game one of the season. We saw him during preseason. Then he didn't show up, but he got injured. And he stayed injured on a minor injury for like a month or more while Dennis Smith Jr. was feeling sorry for himself that he lost a relative. I'm sorry that he lost a relative, but you belong on the basketball court. You were getting paid. 
take a game off maybe and you bring your ass back on the court. I never I never felt that was a good reason for Dennis Smith Jr. to be gone as long as he was gone for a month. That was garbage. And then when he came back, well, he was worth nothing. Okay, he's gone. Ephraim Payton needs to be gone. The idea that, you know, oh, during the playoffs that, well, we need to give Derrick Rose a rest and bring in Ephraim Payton is pathetic. Yes, Dennis Ro- Derek Rose doesn't need to be out there killing himself. He should be second team. We don't have a first team. When are we going to wake up to that fact? Ephraim Payton is not first team. He was used as first team. He was never first team. Ephraim Payton is a good is a second team with a, with a bad work ethic. He he's effective when he wants to be. That's bullshit. Okay? He has the talent to be a starter. But he doesn't push himself. So since he doesn't push himself, once in a while, he gives us a good game. He's he's sort of like uh, this guy, Aaron, who got traded. I'm not even remember his name. And uh, honestly, Aaron got traded because, you know, Aaron Rivers, yeah. yeah. He got traded and I didn't see him and good riddance I didn't even get a chance to see him that's how how uh, ineffective he was so this is where you know the Knicks need to first off how do you get rid of Aaron Rivers sooner than you get rid of Kevin Knox this is some of the things that management needs to uh, you know reevaluate itself okay Aaron Rivers was about was a little bit more effective than Kevin Knox but yet Kevin Knox is still there and Aaron is not. They both should be gone. This is not complicated. Okay, keep Emmanuel quickly as number two behind RJ Barrett at shooting guard. And use the six man for either one of them, particularly try to put RJ Barrett small forward and bring RJ and put um, Emmanuel quickly as the shooting guard, or make maybe you want to. I don't know why you'd want to do this, but I would use RJ Barrett as a small forward. I, I would not want to use Emmanuel quickly as a six man. I don't think that makes sense. He's six three. Um, RJ Barrett's taller, better six man because he he's he more fits the role. Okay. Now, this is just basketball knowledge. This is basic basketball. These guys are in the age category. These guys, what I'm describing here, are not complicated basketball. If Tom Thibodeau is such a good coach, why is he not using some basic common sense here? I say part of it is that his hands are tied. That there are major decisions being made by, you guessed it, James Dolan. Someone who knows nothing about basketball. All you have to do to rock the boat on the Knicks, court, or Knicks roster is to go talk to James Dolan. So some of these players that shouldn't even be on the team are probably rocking the boat. Um, I don't know that, but that seems to be what the problem is here. So with that said, um, I want to thank both Anchor and Spotify for their um, their uh, Sponsoring my program, I think it's great to be on Anchor and on Spotify. 
I like to put music on here. I'm going to have to upgrade my membership at some point here so that I can put music in. If you guys want to put money in my till, that's all well and good. If you don't, that's fine too. You know, I have, I'm going to do a commercial for my own business, Rob's Cleaning Service and Maintenance Service, located right here in New York City. And I cover uh, short distances beyond the city, Yonkers, uh, White Plains, in the other direction, I'll come to Nassau County, uh, short distances. Um, I'll come to Staten Island. Uh, make a long story short, my business covers a lot of different basic handyman repairs and removals. Landscaping removal, uh, trash removal, um, big jobs um, can be done based on estimate. Little jobs, no, no no job is too little. Housekeeping job, basic housekeeping, you're having a problem getting a section of your house clean and and uh, meeting your standards. I'm your man, Rob's Cleaning and Maintenance Service for your needs. With that said, this is Rob from Rob's Point of View. Have a great night.